What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined today by the champion of the world, the Invicta Strawway champion, Danny McCormick, before her first uh, defense of the title this Saturday night in uh, a rematch against Karolina Wojciech. Maybe, maybe a little-known rematch against Karolina Wojciech. I don't know if many people know about it, but Danny, thank you very much for joining me. It must be great every time you're induced, uh, introduced now to be introduced as the, the champion of the world. That must never get old, does it? <laughs> I think you should wake me up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> the alarm clock You, I, I'll send you the audio clip you can just set it your alarm clock every morning but how, how must that have felt like that night we, we we spoke just before and we haven't spoke since on, on this show about that it must have been just an epic night an epic feeling to reach that place in MMA that like you you know we, the last time we talked you obviously came from from the, the horse racing scene and transitioned over to MMA later I suppose than maybe a lot of people these days would but to reach that stage it must have been absolutely unbelievable for you yeah it, w- it was crazy crazy feeling like the way the fight went it was um, you know it, it was even harder to process because I was trying to process the fact that I was still in the fight and then I won the fight and then she put a belt around my waist and I had this belt now and now I'm the world champion. It was like, I was definitely in shock um, about it all. But uh, a few hours later, yeah, I started to, to sink in and it's just, it's something that makes me happy every day. Like, it really does. It's I'm very proud of it. And um, yeah, it's it's surreal. Like I, I always wanted it to happen and all during the camp, I was like, oh my God, can you imagine? But then when the, oh my God, could you imagine comes to real life, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's just mad feeling. It's it's mad because just to, to talk about that fight for a minute before we maybe move on to, to what's next. Like you said to me straight out on this show, that's what's going to happen in that fight you know you're gonna to have to get into a war you're gonna to have to take a lot of shots to win the fight was that almost a good thing that you knew that was the way you had to win it beforehand because you were prepared for it you were ready for it you were almost you know you're ready to get hurt you were ready to get into a war and maybe she wasn't kind of did, did that uh, well like just mentally in, in we maybe talk about physically in a second but mentally did that help you yeah, like I knew it was going to go the distance, which I probably, if I had told myself before the fight, try get a finish, maybe I'd be in the UFC now. But I had told myself the whole lead up and like so had my corner as well, like this is going to be 25 minutes of Marab pace and you're not going to stop. And at the end, you're going to be the winner. And that's literally all you have to do. Just don't stop going, don't stop shooting, don't stop making her tired and uh, you will win. So I I was fully prepared. And like I even said to myself when I was about to walk out, I, I felt like, oh, you know, I might get a bit nervous now thinking about this. And then I just said to myself, I was like, this next 25 minutes is going to make me a 10 times better person than I am right now. That when I come back here, I'm going to be different than I was when I went out, when I'm going out here now. And no matter what happens, if I try my best for 25 minutes, um, I, I'm this is going to make me like this is this is what I want. So I wanted it. I wanted the hardship. I was pre- prepared and totally expecting it to be as hard as it was. Uh, so, yeah, that was 
definitely definitely gave me gave me the mental edge that the minute I got up off the ground in the first round I was like I fucking got you now like I felt so confident because I wasn't surprised at uh, where we were at at that point and the physical part of it then like to be hurt like that it must uh, like it must be insane to be in a fight like that and like it's the weird thing about that fight is like she hurt you early and then you kind of came into the fight and took it over but the damage that was done early kind of got worse on your face, you know, your eye and your face was swelling up. So even if she wasn't doing a whole lot of damage, the damage she had already done was kind of getting worse. How how tough was that to just, like, because we started saying it like Rory McDonald, it wasn't maybe as bad as Rory McDonald in terms of, of you know, you kind of took over the fight and, and he didn't against Robbie Lawler, but like, it felt a bit like a fight like that where the damage was almost getting so bad that it might stop you from doing what you were doing. Was there any, like, did you think of that in the middle of the fight that, geez, I'm very badly damaged or was it just go, go, go all the time? Yeah, did you see Edson Barbosa there at the weekend? Yeah. Did you see his face when he got back to the corner in the first round? Yes. I was like, oh God, I know how you feel. <laughs> um, yeah, and his was worse than mine, like definitely. But um, it, you know what? I I definitely didn't feel any pain. I don't think there's any pain when you're fighting. Um, there's like shock and like, oh, Jesus, what was that? But I don't think you really feel pain. Um, but the blood from my broken nose was running down into my mouth and uh, that I had to keep swallowing it. And then I get back to my corner and I was trying to spit it out. So I had difficulties breathing. That was more more. So there was blood either down the front of my nose or down the back of my throat. And I was just really uncomfortable and annoying. Um, and then I suppose apart from that, it was that every time I got hit after that initial uh, first shot, every shot I felt like I was easier wobble or it was harder to keep my bearings and to keep my balance and my equilibrium. So you, you are aware that like, even then they might hit you with a jab or something and like, you're still like, oh, you know, you're a bit stu stunned by it. So you can't really get out of that being stunned for the rest of the fight because you're, I suppose you're, you're in concussion at that point. <laughs> so yeah, that that's kind of the, the thing that worries you. You're like, oh God, I better not get hit with it simple shot now could put me down like I have to be careful that's just crazy to someone like me <laughs> I'd be like no I've been gone underground tapping out like it's absolutely it's it come true fight like that was amazing how long does it take you to physically recover from that like is this like a month long process to get better from a fight like, and even a fight you win you know I'm sure it was a similar thing for her but how long does it take to, to recover from that to where you're back to normal well, like basically just go out and put your head in a bucket of ice for a week. <laughs> um, I know, you know what, the, I do have tips on this now. You should take anti-inflammatories. That was the first one I ever did that because uh, the hospital gave me anti-inflammatories and um, that worked a treat. Like in a few days, my face was going down. So like everyone knows to take Arnica and uh, ice and all that and uh, take it easy, like um, try sleep upright as well. Try and get your head elevated to try and drain your face. But um, yeah, the anti-inflammatories are a game changer. So anyone that's trying to recover from any sort of assault or trauma, <laughs> take a handful of anti-inflammatories for a few days and you'll be a lot better. Um, like my, it took my nose four weeks to heal. So they told me it was going to take four weeks and then I didn't get punched there for maybe six and I was a bit nervous off it the first few times I got hit, it was sore. Um, and since then, 
I actually had another x-ray um, like a few weeks ago and uh, the nose is actually still broken. So like the two bones never joined, but they said that that's healed. That's fine. So um, yeah, that the, the nose was the big thing. And then the rest of your body is fine. You're sore for a few days, but like, you know, I was on my world tour after the went in the belt. It didn't matter who shied to me. I could have been injured for three months. I was doing so much celebrating and homecomings and the Irish nationals were on and I was doing loads of interviews. So, do you know, what? it didn't really matter. I, I got back to the gym when I could, um, you know, when it was reasonable to, to train with the nose. And uh, yeah, it, it was it was good timing to be injured. What was that homecoming like? Because, like, obviously, if, if people don't know, you're obviously massively involved with the the kids, I suppose, training MMA in Ireland and going out representing Ireland and different things, as well as in, in your own gym. And we saw some of the videos and the pictures and stuff, you arriving back home. That must be just fantastic. And it's it's a little bit better when it's kids, too, because they roar and shout a little bit more, you know, and go <laughs> mad and everything like that. that it must, do you know what I, I thought it was like, you know, when you bring, a, you win a cup in hurling or football or something, you bring it back into the school and, and everyone is cheering. It felt a little bit like that. That must have been just fantastic. Yeah, and like, you know, it, it's a bit different for me than like, you know, when you see like the county footballers come into the town and all the kids are surrounding them and whatever. But I'm I'm with those kids day in day out so like they're my friends like more so than their parents like some of their parents I would be close to um, the fighter kids parents because we're constantly gone away with them and stuff we'd see a lot of them regularly but most of the parents in the gym I find it hard to remember all their names so even though all the parents were there they wouldn't all um, you know I wouldn't have a close relationship with all of them whereas the kids I would so uh, yeah the kids were so shocked and surprised and happy and you know I'm, I'm, I'm coach Danny like who's usually given out and uh, you know doing silly games in the gym or whatever it is and now like I was I kind of turned into someone else for a lot of them you know they thought they couldn't believe like what they had seen because a lot of them had watched it and you know it, it, that was cool like it was cool come back and just just seeing the kids and hopefully having inspired some of them that uh, you know this can happen from Mullingar like that uh you can do this so yeah it was it was so cool uh, the homecoming the only negative I'd say is you should have seen the amount of food they brought for me like it was shocking my fridge was full of cakes for about a month after and I got the heaviest after that fight than any fight ever and I totally <laughs> put it down to that bloody homecoming <laughs> so next homecoming I'm gonna have to put some limitations on it if there is one but uh you know, maybe a bit of fruit along with, with all the cake. I <laughs> know. Uh, it's seven months anyway since the last fight. So it's, it's fine now. Uh, the last yeah. thing about that night, and it's weird because I was watching back the Carolina fight and who was in your corner for that fight with Paddy Hoolan, which was kind of yeah. which, which was kind of mad to me. I never realised that before. And obviously he was there with Shauna who kind of turned into your rival there for a while. And that's kind of happily ended now, I think, for, for most people. That must have been great as well, just to see them there cheering you on and the Irish flags. And, like, it, it, and also coming to the next fight, that's probably a thing you're going to have a lot of as well, going to Boston with a lot of the Irish people. But to have Paddy and Shauna there cheering you on, it must have been great. 
Yeah, like I actually said it to Paddy after the fight, he came over and like was so happy for me. And he, uh, I said to him like, oh, do you remember cornering me in England against that girl, that Polish girl, Carolina? And he hadn't put two and two together that she was fighting the same night um, as that. So yeah, I didn't know whether I'd be fighting her now. So like I haven't spoken to him since that I'm now rematching her, but it's such a small, um, you know, we're such a small country and it's such a small world. And Paddy was an SPG at the time and he often went away at weekends and cornered us because we were the amateurs back then. You know, me and Kieran Clark fought on that card in UKFC and I think Sam was there as well, who's now re retired. And uh, I'm not sure who else was there. She's Elliot or something. Maybe he was fighting, maybe he wasn't. But and Elliot has his own bloody gym now out in Geneva. So like these small group of people um, from my time, like I'm not from the original time from the, you know, the, the first wave, as they call it, whatever. Like we're the second wave and then now is the third wave. So those second wave people were Paddy was still there and Ashling was still there in the gym and stuff. Um, it's mad to think now I'm coming towards where they were uh, at that point. And it's, it's just crazy like it's it's mad but that's the country we're in where it's a handful of gyms it's the same people like I seen Andy Ryan and John got awarded at the um, BJ Ireland competition last weekend I think it was or the weekend before for being having such an outstanding impact on BJ in Ireland and it's mad to think they were the two first lads at it and everybody else that's come out of uh Ireland or every gym that's grown from there has come from Andy Ryan or has come from John like maybe I'm wrong but I think pretty much everyone um, that's worth talking about has come from them so yeah it is it is mad uh, to think of it that you know we probably should all be friends in this country and not have any rivalries because we are all interlinked whether we like it or not uh, honestly, I think it's getting a bit better. And maybe the only ones, like the lads up north, Rodney and, and, and FAI, maybe they're the only ones that are kind of not connected, but like the lads, SBG Cork and all them. They're, yeah, as you said, it's all connected. But I feel like it is getting a little bit better. And, you know, I, I think people that have been around the scene for a long time don't really like the whole rivalries and everything like that. They, they'd rather, you know, train together and prepare together and then go and fight other people. But I, 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 just on that as well, on like women's MMA in Ireland, it feels like, and then you'll know about this more than most people in terms of like the young girls coming up fighting today. It feels like it's just rocket shipped in the last few years with yourself and Shauna and Leah and Sinead and obviously D fighting. You know, we've Katie Sol training with you as well, come, obviously coming over from Canada after like of uh, likes of Ashling and Catherine Costigan. There's probably a few more I'm, I'm forgetting of, and you know, a few years ago there wouldn't be a few more you'd be forgetting of, you know. And it seems yeah. like it's it seems like it's such a great. Time for women's MMA in Ireland now. It must be great for you, even just like to have people to train with, um, you know, around your same size and everything like that to prepare. It's 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 really taken off over the last few years and getting better by all accounts. Yeah, like I'm really lucky being an SBG because people come to SBG and join. Uh, you know, I don't know why the girls are joining. Is are they joining because of John? Because of Connor? Because they see pictures of loads of girls there, whatever it is. But um, any gym that's got like a, a you know, a, a decent pro team has got its own group of girl fighters around, you know, like you see um, Great Britain top team there. They have like the similar numbers to what John has. So the girls are kind of grouping together 
in these in these bigger gyms or that's the way I'm experiencing it anyway and then of course the regional gyms have a handful of girls in each one too which is which is amazing but like when I when I started in John's Ashling Daly was there but she was nearly ready to retire and Sinead was there and to get on the pro team I had to spar Sinead that was how it went and like I'm straw weight and she's a featherweight I remember her telling me in the bathroom before we went out she's like don't worry, I, I won't go too hard. And I, and I was like, okay. <laughs> but like, I didn't know who she was back then. And in fairness to her, she didn't. But uh, now I'd never spar Sinead. They wouldn't have to because uh, we're three weight divisions different. Um, it's so it's so great to have people your own size and get to feel like you're good. That's the difference. Back then, I lost every single round, every single day. If I won, I tell this to Alan all the time. If I won a round back then when it was me and Sinead um, and Ashling, if I won a round back then, it's because someone was sick or injured. That was it. That they were having a really bad day and I might have won a round. Uh, and that, that, that was it. That was for two years, I'd say. And then after two years, in comes Dee and Katie kind of st- simultaneously and a handful of other girls that are still with us now at the moment but they, other girls came and, and went like didn't continue on to be pros or whatever or retired early so uh, yeah now I go into the gym and the amount of rounds I can win <laughs> is shocking you know compared to like one every three months now I can win rounds every day you know it's it's great so yeah there's a lot to be said about training with lads and losing and having the hard road and then there's a lot to be said about winning and uh, I see that with my girls in in Relentless the two oldest girls uh, used all the other kids as pawns and got unreal at doing submissions so they've got some serious dangerous guards like um, triangles armbars in minutes they're in mount they have an armbar straight away and they can do that now on high level girls at international level because they, they got to win as well so, uh, yeah, I think I've gone on a big tangent here. But winning and losing is important and having loads of women around means you've better chance of winning rounds too. It's good though, because like, I'm sure the the hardship of the early days helped you and the ability now to, you know, use what you learned there against people of a similar level, the, the level that you've reached is is helping you these days. So I suppose it's a, a a double-edged sword that's positive on both ends, I suppose. So that's that's a good thing. You mentioned um you mentioned Connor there as well, and I know he's come on and, and sponsored you for for this fight. And as you know, as you said, you're someone from maybe the second wave it must be great as well to have like, I suppose the support of the first wave obviously that was led by Connor coming on as well and have him sponsoring you for this yeah like it was it's unreal like you know I, I think Connor was getting ready to fight Nate Diaz or something when I joined the gym and uh, you know he was around a lot more back then now he's a billionaire and a massive entrepreneur and we don't see him as much but we definitely do do still see him in the gym and um, since I started fighting in Bellator, he he really got in on on supporting me. So he knew me from around the gym. But then it was when he seen me a few nights fighting in Bellator when he went that uh, you know he really really took on to support me and he'd send me messages and wishing me luck and um, whatever it is. And in, anyway, yeah. So after March, he he texts me after the fight and said that uh, you know it was unreal or whatever he said congratulations and uh, he said I'd love to get you on the team 
um, meaning get get sponsored. So it just took a good while to get it over the line because Connor had okayed it and I knew it was going to happen. But then there's like a lot of lads in suits in the middle uh, that you have to get through. Oh, I know, believe so me. If it, was, <laughs> if it was down to Connor, I think he'd just pull out his wallet and like throw you whatever it was you're getting. Uh, but that it has to all go through... Uh, you know, management and through the the companies and whatever. But we got there in the end. Like I was, I was promised that deal back in March. So I was just kind of not wanting to pry too much, but then kind of pried towards the end. And I was getting so close to this fight. It, it's great to have that support and I think it's you know fair play to Connor. I think a lot of people have called for that for a lot of years to, you know and he always has supported the, the fighters but to, you know a sponsorship or something like that and you know fair play to him for, for doing that um, before we just move into to Carolina and I suppose it can be after Carolina as well like the UFC, everyone when you won the last fight was like okay Danny's now another name that we should be talking about as someone who's gone to the UFC and you know we've had say the likes of Reese McKee we've had Kiefer and a few more who've gone since what what is the situation with, with the UFC and I know you know there's that general sense that you have to be undefeated and you have to be available and you have to not be a champion type of thing as well in some organisations what is it for you you know I know it's always been the goal even when you were in Bellator and you know you were undefeated there the goal was almost to get to the UFC did anything happen since the last fight in terms of the UFC and in the future? What do you think is the situation with the UFC? Yeah, like I was told before that fight that I probably needed to win and then I needed to defend my title once. That's what I was told by management. That was like the likelihood of what was going to happen. But then when I won, I kind of got excited and so did everyone around me, including my manager. And uh, we really pushed for it. And um, yeah, I was in a contract with Invicta, so I would have had to get released and I wasn't allowed to go on the Contender Series. And um, there was some chat back and forth with the UFC um, from my people to them. And, you know, they were saying that there was the, the roadblocks were, where it was the contract, but then they were also saying, uh, well, she needs to, to be finishing fights, this kind of thing. So that went on for probably far too long. Like it went on a long time and I was getting really sucked into it. And like um, I got, you know, really disheartened by it all, to be honest. I was just felt like I'm not good enough and they don't want me. And um, I know Brad Katona talks about it all the time. You start watching like every strawweight fight and you're like, that one's fucking useless. And like, I I like watch them when Alan's not here and I save them up for when he comes back. And I'm like, you have to sit down and watch these two. They're fucking shite. <laughs> like it's, it's not even like useful what you're doing. You're literally just wanting to hate on them. So uh, yeah, I seen loads of girls getting uh, signed for the contender or signed for the UFC. And I started getting like obsessed with like, this fucker got in from Brazil and she's fought no one and, you know, she's had losses as well and she's not even a finisher. And, you know, I started sending all the typologies to, to John and to Dave and, you know, you just become a green-eyed monster with it all, to be honest, because honestly, they are who they are. Um it's not a sacred place up in the fucking sky being in the USC. I'm not stupid now. Maybe a few years ago, I didn't really know, you know, the pay structure and 
the way things go in all fight promotions. It's not just the UFC. So I don't see it as this like magical palace that you need to get into and then everything's going to be okay. I, I see it for what it is. And uh, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm pretty good. I fought pretty good people. I'm the Invicta champion. And they went, nah, maybe not now. Maybe we'll get you next time. And you know what? That's fine. If that's what they want to do, then I have to be okay with that. And and I am. And being bitter and whatever, looking down on everyone else that gets in, isn't going to make uh, that situation any better. So, you know what? We'll see what happens. I've said after this fight, I'm going to give it two weeks headspace. Two weeks of like, am I getting into UFC now or not? And uh, then I'm going to leave it to, to the businessmen, to my manager and to John and let them decide what's happening because it, it'll just consume your, you know, your, every, your every, every day. Like I remember one point I even rang Paul Hughes. Um, so I did and I like text him. I was like, can you send me your number? And he's like, okay. And like, I never spoke to Paul Hughes in my life. I've never even met him in person. And um, I rang him and I was like, what is going on? And I was like, do they not like Paradigm? I was like, is it to do with our management? Because why are we left out? I was like, what's wrong with us? And, you know, I was pure conspiracy theory and, and he was the voice of reason. And he, I think he's a lot younger than me. How old is he? Yeah, he's only, he's in his mid-twenties, I think, yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> when I'm like 33 and like having a fanny attack at him on the phone and he's like... Have you ever read the book The Obstacles of the Way? Like this is the kind of stuff he's talking to me about. And he's that's, like, if you know, Paul, right, got... yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm getting talked up to by this young fella. But uh, yeah, he just said that uh, your path is your path, and that you, if you know you've got done it the right way and you fought the right people, that when you get in there, you know, you know, you are where you're meant to be. And uh, he said, what well, you know it will happen kind of thing. And he didn't think there was any conspiracy. He was more relaxed about it. So yeah. Anyway, that was kind of what went on with all of that. And look, it is what it is. And uh, I've got to fight Carolina. I've got to win. I've got to finish. And then I give myself the best possible chance of them wanting to take me. But if they don't want me, I I want myself. I, I know I'm pretty good anyway. So it is what it is. Yeah, it's. I feel it's very interesting because, like, obviously, you haven't spoken to Paul and other people as well. It feels like, so like yourself and Paul had a very similar. Well, Paul just fought, but the fight before that, when you were in the same situation, you went in there and you won a decision, and uh, well, Paul absolutely destroyed Vucinic, and you came through a war and won it. So a similar type of like epic win, and it feels like if you'd got like, if you'd been losing the fight and got a knockout in the second round or something you would have more chance of getting signed for the UFC because they're just looking at like, oh, they won by knockout. That's what we want. <laughs> you know, type of thing. Which is, it's just wild because that doesn't take in the quality of the opponent or anything else, which to me makes no sense. Like the likes of Valeska Machado, likes of Jordan Vucinic, they're top level opponents for someone trying to get to the UFC. And if you're beating them, you're good enough to be in the UFC. In my opinion, anyway, and I think that's the way it's going, but it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like, there's one other thing with women as well, like that Paul probably doesn't have to contend with this, but like 
I might be totally conspiracy theorist here and I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but I see the, the women, a lot of the women that get a chance, uh, it, like it's good looking women, good looking young women with loads of followers and like, especially the Brazilians, I'm like, fuck me, like she's got like 70,000 followers and she has had four fights and she's fought nobody and there she is, then in she goes. Like the Atomweight champion of Invicta just got signed. Now, I knew that was happening for months because Invicta had told me. But uh, she's the Atomweight champion moving up to strawweight. She won a five-round decision. She fought once to win the belt. Exact same as me. She's not even a strawweight. But she's beautiful. And she's Brazilian. And she's shit tons of followers. And that that is like a bit of a kick in the teeth you're like come on like at least Paul doesn't have to deal with the good looking lads <laughs> well I don't know maybe he does maybe they take he's the a good, good looking man like to be fair as Paul's a good looking man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I don't know where I'm going with that but yeah that it is it is a bit annoying we're, we're, we're both of us but look Paul's ahead of me now like geez what Paul did at the weekend um, fucking hell I was expecting like he should be getting a contract on Monday morning but like I know the UFC don't work like that and they're not into like we need you they're into you need us so uh, it could they could string that out for another while yes it might, he might just get jumped on like you think he would um, but God what he did at the weekend really inspired me I was thinking like you know what if I can do what he did and get my finish and then we're the final two people that everyone was saying supposed to have got in. Imagine if both of us got in before Christmas, having to go the hard road. It would be really cool. But look, he's done his part, so I need to try and do my part now. Indeed, and that part is obviously fighting Karolina Wojcik, who, as we mentioned earlier, you fought before in your early amateur days, but... It was it was a very it was a Danny Nealon fight at the time, but it was a Danny McCormick fight still though. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you went in there and you were throwing everything at her. It was it was a war. It was a great fight. Like it was, I was honestly, I was like, oh, I was sitting down to do. I know, I was looking. I went to a decision. I came. It was uh, it was nine minutes. Wasn't it? it was three minute rounds. I was like, yeah, okay, we're going to sit in. And then I was like, two minutes in. Oh shit, <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. An absolute war altogether. <laughs> Do you, like you, I would think for you, you'd almost look back at that fight before you have to fight her again as a great learning fight. You went in there and you went to war with someone early in your career and you proved that you can go to war with someone. And obviously you've proven that many times since. But when you look at that, when you look back at that fight now, does it take maybe a different look or does, you know, have you even looked at that fight going into this one? Does it make any difference? Yeah, I, I had to look at it because I looked at her last few fights and I was fucking bored. So I had to look at it to like motivate myself and be like, look, that's how she betcha. So you need you need to be better. But um, I, I remember in that fight, no one, she didn't want it. She didn't want to fight me. Like she wanted to go backwards and she wanted me to stay the fuck away from her and she wanted the bell to go. I could see that in her face and uh, I, I never forget that. And I remember thinking after, isn't it mad people are scared of you? Like, I used to think it was mad that people were scared of me. Like, and, and but, it, but I could see that she was scared of me and she didn't, she didn't want me to come at her. And uh, I don't think she's changed. I think that's going to be the same the next time. But the only thing that has changed is I'm more understanding of striking and uh, I'm a hell of a grappler now. And I really didn't have the confidence to grapple back then. I didn't think I was a hell of a grappler because I was flat out getting submitted in the gym by lads. 
So, um, you know, uh, she's going to get grappled now, but I, I never forget her face. And I've seen it on many girls' faces since then. For some reason, pressure and tiredness makes people make a face back at you that's like, just fuck off, back off, like, stop at me. And uh, she gave me that. And I know I can get that out of her again, um, you know, next week. How big is it to add in the grappling to a fight like that, where, like, you're fighting a pressure fight and you're landing your shots, she's landing her shots, but if you can get the takedown and take away her ability to land shots and you're the only one landing it, that must be a massive thing to add into a game like your game, which is a large, you know, pressure put you, you know, on your on the back foot type of game, which you did for basically the whole fight and that fight you put her on the back foot. That must be brilliant to have that, I suppose, in your, not not your back pocket, but as, as part of the, the plan A, I suppose, going into this one. Yeah, like I know in the gym what I can do versus what I've actually done in fights. It usually takes me to like get put up against the wall, you know, get hurt. And then I'm like, oh shit, I better do what I do in the gym uh, when I'm in fights. But I just don't feel like that for this fight. I feel like I'm a different person now. And I just feel so confident. Like when you're a grappler and you're not afraid of being grappled at all, if she shoots at me, great, delighted. Um, and if she tries to knock me out, it is what it is. I'm not scared of getting hit at all. Um, I'm only afraid of losing. So, uh, like, if, if she doesn't want to come forward and she wants to run away, well, then it's easy to throw punches and get a takedown. And if she wants to come at me and try and knock me out, well, it's easy to get a takedown. So that's the way it's been in the gym, you know, the last nine weeks. That's the way I see it. If there's too much action happening on the feet and that we've been striking for more than 30 seconds, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to take you down. Uh, if you get a little bit happy, think you're landing some punches, you throw that backhand, you're sitting on your fucking arse. And it's been like that. And it, it was like that for years in the gym. And I just wasn't translating that into fights. I get into fights and I think it was like a different baby than what was happening in the gym. But like, I think I'm different now. And I think that's what's going to happen in this fight. It's going to be... It's going to be a lot of fucking takedowns. And to be quite honest, the very best version of me gets her down straight off the bat in the first round. And I just need to get into mount. If I get into mount, we're not, the fight's over. We're done. I know it. I just know it. So I, I'm not silly enough to do stupid things either. I'm going to, I'm ready for 25 minutes if I got to do it. But, uh, solid solid takedowns in the first round i'd be surprised if we see a second and if we do i don't think we'll see any more after that what way do you think she'll fight because as you as you kind of alluded to there in her more recent fights she has been kind of pushing people against the cage holding them there trying you know being more of a controlled fighter against you she was kind of backing up and countering and some of her other early fights she was more of an attacking you know fighter who tried to strike with people they even said in the commentary on yours is the first time we've ever seen her backing up do you think she's completely changed into a fighter who wants to have a more controlled fight or do you think because she's fighting you she will kind of revert back to what she was doing there and trying to land maybe those big counter strikes as you attack her she's going to go back and move off that's what she does she goes backwards and she moves off to her right and she goes back and she moves off to her right and she beckons you on and then she'll try and land a punch and if you don't come on and you stand there then she might throw two or three silly punches going forward but this thing of clinching and pushing people against the fence 
she's never done that to a grappler. She does that to girls that she thinks she's going to get hurt by. So she ain't going to push me against the fence. She isn't going to dream of it. And if she does, it's going to make it even easier for me to get my takedown. You know, she's engaged in that. So she's going to come in and think, I just need to plant my feet and I need to hit her really hard and I'll drop her. And then I'll jump on top of the cage and celebrate and it's all over. I think honestly think that's what she thinks. And if I'm not coming forward or there isn't a lot of action, she might try and flurry and, and that's it. But I, I haven't been impressed by her the last few fights at all. But every time people fight me, I always see the best version of them. I think I see a better version than what I've seen when I watch them on YouTube, that they're they're ready for like this hard, hard night and they train like that and they prepare like that. So uh, I'm not going to get overconfident, not going to do anything silly, but um, I honestly don't think she's on my level and uh, it's time to get my own back. I can't wait for Danny Invicta FC 54. Uh, it's Friday night, isn't it? The 27th uh, coming yeah. up. I, I, I really can't wait for, uh, you know, with the win, I think the UFC has to be the next call. And I know it's it can't be always the goal because you can't be thinking about it that way. But I think anyone with a brain knows that that should be the next thing. So best of luck, uh, Danny. And I, I can't wait to see the fight. Thanks very much. Thanks so much, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank Bye. you. Thanks.